Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fabulously Fit Podcast. I am part one of this dynamic duo. I am Kennedy. And I'm part two, Danielle. We're so excited to have you guys back here with us. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode. As usual, we have a Monday motivation for you guys. So we'll start with that and then we'll kind of dive into what's going on with Danielle and I, and then we'll kind of dive into what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to focus on NSVs or non-scale victories. And then we had some questions from you guys that we wanted to talk about and answer. So to start, we've got this Monday motivation that says, when you enjoy the process, your goal becomes a milestone, not a finish line. And I really like this because as somebody who's really grown to enjoy this process of this new lifestyle. Um, those goals that I accomplish really are like milestones and not a finish line because just because I've reached one goal doesn't mean I'm done. I'm always building and growing and, and making myself better. What about you, Danielle? That's so true. And I think part of the weight loss journey is so many people are focused on like their goal weight, but that's like really just the beginning. Like once you're there, you hit a milestone that you're at your goal weight, but for the rest of your life, you're going to have to keep making progress to maintain that. Um, whether it's setting new goals for yourself, um, to keep yourself motivated or just, uh, putting in the work to stay where you're at. It's definitely not something where it's just like check off a box. Now we're here forever. Um, so I like that, that, yeah, it's a milestone, but you have to still put in work and make something new happen. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think that that can lead into some of the non-scale victories that we're going to talk about. We've talked about a few of our personal non-scale victories, but I think there's more out there. Um, And I feel like this idea of like a milestone on a finish line can lead to some non-scale victories that like you don't even think about. So like, we'll dive into those here in just a minute too. But to start, Danielle, what's up? What's up with life? Catch us up. Update us. Oh gosh. It's spring break. Yay for Anyone me, kids. For Danielle. <laughs> yes. Yay for Kennedy that she's off. Boo for me. <laughs> Um, I love my children, but I love them a whole lot more when they're in school. Um, just all three of them here is a lot plus dealing with my parents and the dogs. And it's just, it's a full house here. Um, hopefully it'll be better in the new place when there's like a little bit more room, but so all of us here is just a lot. Um, house update. We are fully framed. I did a like walkthrough, um, on my Instagram, it's like now in my highlights. Um, we are waiting on windows. We are hoping to get those soon, but we're thinking August. Um, log on literally everything. Yeah, so we'll see, but we did get like some good kind of news. Um, we finalized our hardscape. So like our additional driveway papers and things like that. And they basically told us they needed our uh, finalization because our dry, like our drywall walkthrough is scheduled soon, which means that if that's true, then we'd have windows sooner. Um, as news to us, we haven't been told that from our builder, but the landscape company said like, oh, you need it. So either they were like blowing smoke or like they know something that we don't, which would be fabulous uh, if we get windows sooner than we thought. But heck yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. So that's kind of what's going on over here. Um, we're almost through spring break. So that's nice. Um, oh, I met my godson. Um, yay. And so that's exciting. So I met him this week. Um, and so that's exciting. Oh, I am going to be hanging out with Des. So anyone who is in the weight loss 
community knows who Des is. She actually lives here. Um, and me and uh, Noalani, who's own bariatrics, uh, we are all going to be getting together on Tuesday. Um, so I'm super excited to just kind of hang out with them. And yeah, that's what's going on over here. What about you? That's exciting. Well, it is my spring break, like Danielle said. So that's been really nice. Um, I don't have kids. So it's I've been totally kid free this week because of not having to work. Um, but I did take my praxis test, which you're, if you're an education or a teacher, you know, your praxis typically, I mean, depending on where you live is the test you have to take to get your license as a teacher. And as a secondary, it's based off of your content. So as a history and social studies teacher, mine was us and world history and then a us gov test. So I took both of those on Tuesday and passed both of those. So now I'm just in the waiting game, waiting for my license. So that's super exciting. Yeah. One big milestone and one big hill kind of out of the way. So that's really exciting. Um, But other than that, kind of just the same old, same old over here, just getting this new food and workout system down and um, really kind of starting to enjoy it. And it has helped me realize some things about myself that like, maybe I don't like having things as structured and scheduled as I thought, but it's actually good for me. Um, it's, but it's, it is teaching me some things about myself that I was not expecting, which is always nice. The unexpected from something is always nice. So yeah, that's about what I have over here, but anything else to you? I don't think so. Um, just uh, a note that you are you start ended up starting with Sarah, and yes. um, she is still running a discount for our podcast listeners. So if you guys are interested, uh, make sure you go and check her out at Team Fit with Me. Um, and on the consult form, you can just when it uh, asks like who you heard about it from, just put the podcast, and um, she will give you a discount there. Yes. Thank you. I forgot about that. Good reminder. Totally worth it. This has been a game changer for me and I'm learning a lot about like what my body can and cannot handle and how to eat and what things to eat and like getting variety back in my diet, which has been really exciting, but also very nerve wracking at times because it is like more food than I've eaten in three years. So there's been moments that have been a little overwhelming. Yeah, but it's been good. It's been a really good challenge. So I'm excited to see where else it takes me. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into some non-scale victories. Um, This is actually my husband's uh, idea kind of for like a segment, um, just because I was kind of talking to him like, what should we talk about? And he was like, well, why don't you guys like share some non-scale victories, uh, common ones and like personal ones. Um, And the one that like he kind of came up with uh, for me, um, we went on a hike. It was like a few weeks ago now. Um, when I ended up getting a concussion, um, long story short, <laughs> the trail that we were on, um, half of it is like a marked trail, half of it's an unmarked trail. And so we got off, uh, the unmarked trail was well, somehow we got off track and we ended up like, we're full on, it was already like a rock climbing type of hike, but, uh, we got off course. And so at this point we're not at any sort of trail literally just like rock climbing down a mountain. Um, we ended up probably a mile off. Um, so pretty far off. And, um, and although I did end up getting hurt, I would have never been able to even get like a quarter of the way up that mountain before. Um, and the fact that I was able to then like 
not only do the mark trail but uh physically able to do like more than that and going unmarked and just be like rock climbing for essentially a mile um right. was like a huge victory for me and he's like yeah he's like just think how far you've come like if that would have happened before he's like one we wouldn't have made it up two somehow magically made it up he's like there's no way like you could have done that he's like i don't know what we would have done like we would have been those hikers i have to rescue um so that was kind of cool yeah i was actually thinking that like i think hiking and like outdoor stuff is one for me too like i remember not going on like family hiking trips when family would be in town because I was the one that would just like be way far behind if we need to take all the breaks and just like it wasn't something that I enjoyed doing at that time because I just didn't feel good and when you're overweight like that it hurts like your body Mm -hmm. hurts so bad even as you lose weight your body hurts so imagine like the weight coming off and like how freeing that feels but when that weight is on it it, it hurts it just hurts to do yeah. those kinds of things especially hiking because it's up and down and uneven ground mm-hmm. and like your knees don't know what to expect and you can't necessarily hold the load of like your weight while you're slipping so like hiking especially being somewhere outdoorsy when it's nice enough is something I really enjoy and then like um water rafting has been another one for me because we've got rivers here so like whitewater rafting is something people do. Um, but we just do like tube rafting on like this, the more mellow rivers. And that's not something I would enjoy doing before because you're sitting in a tube, you're uncomfortable because you're overweight. You're in a swimsuit or in shorts and a tank top, which is not typically something somebody who's overweight is comfortable in or -hmm. wants to wear. You're trying to enjoy yourself, but you're so, for me, it was like, I was so self-conscious the whole time that I couldn't let my mind go and actually enjoy it. So being able to enjoy those things and not worry about what I look like, but worry about enjoying myself and living in the moment and having fun has been a huge game changer for me. And I imagine as somebody with kids, like being able to engage in those things with your kids is a huge non-scale victory. It's been amazing. Like just to feel like I'm actually like a part of my kids' lives and able to physically do stuff with them versus before, like I couldn't do half the stuff I do now. Like And I just wasn't living like, you know, so my oldest is the only one who really remembers. Um, So I had the surgery, my middle son would have been four. Um, So he has like a few memories, but not very many. Um, And my youngest was only two. So she didn't remember anything. This is how she remembers me. Mm -hmm. Um, But my oldest um, was like already in kindergarten. So kindergarten or first grade. Um, and so he does remember like the times that I couldn't do things. Um, and so he always is like super grateful and like, make sure he's like to tell me, you know, I, I like you like this. It's so much more fun. Like, you know, um, and then, so that's really cool that he has those memories. Um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like double-ended. Like I like that he has those memories, but it also makes me sad that he felt like he had a mom who wasn't active. Um, but then it's cool that my kid, other kids don't remember me like that. You know, it's kind of, right. I've had it both ways. And so it's really cool. Um, also a huge one flying now is like oh, yeah. way easier. Um, I honestly didn't even go on a flight when I was overweight because it just sounded awful. And I don't, I can't even imagine what it would be like, because even now those seats aren't big. Like I'm a uh-uh. tiny human now and they're I mean, they're narrow. And so I can't imagine going at almost 300 pounds, like how uncomfortable I'd be, how self-conscious I'd be. I know that there are some airlines like where they have like a person of size policy where you can buy two seats and they reimburse you or whatever, but still that's like, 
that's kind of embarrassing. It's like, you know, like just make the seats more accommodating, which is a whole nother topic of like mm-hmm. that stuff should be more accommodating for everyone. Um, but yeah, uh, that was a huge, uh, like it's a breeze now flying. Um, what's in, what are some other ones? Do you have any others? Um, one for me, I think I've talked, maybe I talked about this one on here. I've definitely talked about this one on Instagram, but that like wrap you to towel around yourself for the first time after mm-hmm. losing weight and not like not like a beach towel but like an actual like bath towel being able to wrap that around myself and close it um was a huge one for me and I know that's one that many people in this community and weight loss in general look forward to because it is like such a noticeable one um but I also think it's important to find those ones that aren't so noticeable especially as you get further and further out so like one thing that you and I both have worked on and are always working on is our relationship with the scale we both tend to have a hard relationship with the scale where we don't like to see the number go up. We like to see it stay low, 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 even though we want to see gains. And that has been very mentally taxing. Um, I actually initially lost some weight, mostly in inflammation when I started with Sarah, because I definitely have a gluten and dairy intolerance. And on top of my stomach issues, I was just very inflamed. So I lost like almost five pounds my first five days of inflammation. Like I was peeing nonstop. You could just see the inflammation melting off my body. But after that, I went into a flare. So my weight went up a little bit and now my body is like getting used to the amount of food I'm eating. So I'm feeling, I feel pretty good this week. I just feel a little fluff. I just feel kind of heavy, like just kind of like, but I think it's water. I think it's because I wasn't feeling well last week. So now everything's just kind of getting out of my system. Um, But I noticed this week, a non-scale victory at like almost three years out was I was at the gym and I have a swimsuit that I just have in my backpack. So if I want to like hot tub or sauna or whatever, I can just throw it on. And I put the bottoms on and there was like a gap, like a good solid size gap. And I posted a video on my Instagram story. And truly in that moment, I was like, wow, the scale literally doesn't mean shit. Like it does not mean Mm -hmm. a thing because my weight is higher than it was last summer. And that swimsuit fit me last summer. That swimsuit looked really good on me last summer. It's an American Eagle Airy one. They're not cheap. I'm not going to buy bottoms that I don't think are going to fit me in less than a year. And they're a size small and they were too big. Like obviously the number on the scale doesn't matter when it comes to those things, which is why like measurements I think are so important. Cause like last week, even though my weight went up a little bit, I still dropped in my measurements some. So like mm-hmm. measurements, I think is a huge non-scale victory that I wish I had paid more attention to in the beginning, but especially now, even now, even almost three years out, you can still find those victories and things you already expect. You totally was not expecting those bottoms to not fit. And now they're like so big, that they got wet and I had to like hold them as I was getting out of the hot tub. Like I can't wear them which is annoying because they're super cute, but also it's really exciting because awesome. like my weight, my weight is up probably eight to 10 pounds than it was last summer. And I feel way better and my clothes look better. They fit better. I just have more shape to me, I think is what it is. So those not so victories even now are important. Um, and I was trying to think of like, I guess a big non scale victory for me is that like, because I had the confidence I have now from losing weight and like going through this, I decided to go back to school. And for me, that's a huge non-school victory. I always wanted to do something with being in front of somebody, whether it was being a lawyer or being a teacher. And my weight was really holding me back. I was just scared to be in front of a room of high schoolers being overweight. I just was not comfortable with it. And so a really big non-school victory for me, I think, is the confidence and the confidence to do things that I was not ready to do before. And for me, it did take losing weight and being more confident to go back to school and get another degree to do what I really wanted to do. And I think that that is my biggest non-scale victory. That's awesome. Thanks. What about you? Anything else? 
No, I think the biggest is probably just like the interaction with my kids. Like, yeah. And it's just, it's really different. And like being so involved, like with my son's soccer team and like all of that stuff, like I played soccer throughout my childhood. I really enjoyed it. And like, I now like enjoy it again. And like, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I missed it. Um, I stopped in high school because I focused on cross country and track, but all through like junior high. And then like high school, I did it more like for fun. Um, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, it now it's just like, it's so much fun. Um, I'm trying to like actually join like a women's league, um, just because I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to like, I think I'm going to have some friends join. Um, and so that should be fun. Like it's just a fun non-scale victory to find your love of things again. Um, that's one thing I would suggest if people are like looking for non-scale victories or something that like can motivate them, finding something new, a new activity, like just getting to feel able to try all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really cool. Just feeling like if somebody was to throw out something like, Hey, you want to go, you know, skydiving, you want to go do something, you know, whatever it is, not feeling like, am I over the weight limit or, yeah, uh, you know, just whatever, literally I feel physically like I can do anything or try anything, um, to where anything that somebody would want to do, I can pretty much do. Um, mm-hmm. which has been huge for me, not feeling like I'm a burden or like, Ooh, is my weight going to be too high? Um, am I going to have to pay more because I'm overweight? Um, you know, just so many things that I didn't realize I wasn't doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I was gonna say like running for you too, was like a big thing mm-hmm. before. And I bet like that love obviously kind of went away and I've definitely seen you pick that back up. I wish I had the will mm-hmm. to run like you do. I think I'd enjoy it, but I just don't. It's not for me. But being able to do those things that you enjoy is so important. And it is really, it is really life-changing. It truly is the portion of this surgery that is so life-changing. Yeah. It's been um, amazing. Yeah. The other thing I can say is just like energy in general has just been better for losing weight. And I think mm-hmm. that's everybody. Your energy just improves. You're not, your body's not having to function in, and make a larger body have energy it's able to let a healthy body have energy which means you have Mm -hmm. more energy to do other things so it does allow me to be able to say yes to things and do things that I wouldn't have done before um which I think is great so yeah um well the other thing we wanted to talk about guys kind of going hand in hand a little bit with non-scale victories just because there are some questions that kind of relate to them but um we had some questions. So one that I got a couple questions about was like, how long did the process take or what was your process like? And I think towards the very beginning, we kind of talked about this, but we are a few episodes in and people are listening from this point. So we'll talk about this. And then we had a few others. So for me, my process took about six months in total. My first appointment was January 3rd of 2019. And I had surgery by June 19th of 2019. I was finished with everything after three months, um, but there's only two hospitals in my city. And I think there's only three hospitals in my state, three or four that do bariatrics. Um, so it was a little bit of a wait. So my program took me three months. And then after that, which was what my insurance required, it was about three months to get in with my surgeon. Um, but a lot of the times it's based off of the program that you use. 
or and or your insurance because the program that I went through now that has a mandatory six month program even if your insurance doesn't require that they require everybody to go through a six month program now and I think part of that is just due to like education and COVID makes it a little harder for appointments and stuff so it slows people down a little bit um but before because my insurance only took three months I was approved in three months and could have had my surgery that week so I just really check with your check with your insurance first be your own advocate call your insurance yourself ask what their requirements are, what their time requirements are, all of that kind of stuff beforehand. So you go into your appointment knowing because your program may know some of the information, but your insurance, even if you have the same insurance as your next door neighbor, but you guys work at different places, their plan is going to have different things than yours because companies and employers can opt out of bariatric surgery per individual like company's plan. So just because like I have Aetna doesn't mean your Aetna insurance is necessarily going to cover bariatrics if your company doesn't allow it. So make sure you check with your insurance first um, and then check with your program. So at least that's an experience I had. What about you, Danielle? Yep. So mine was similar. Um, I started my process in October of 2019, um, mandatory three-month monitored diet, um, which I finished in December. Um, my husband works for UPS. So doing a surgery, um, when I would need help with the kids was just not feasible. Uh, December, January was not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I was approved. Um, but I, like you, I had a few months delay. So I ended up having it February of 2020. Um, so in total about six months or a little under six months, um, cause it was October, November, December, January, like five months. Um, but yeah, so my process was pretty similar. Um, my insurance covered it hundred percent just had to do the, um, three month monitored diet and like meet their other requirements. Um, but yeah, the process for me was pretty seamless, um, because UPS does have such good insurance and benefits in general. Um, they have people that kind of do all of that kind of stuff for you. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my process. Yeah, that's nice. And I also have, I've got federal mailman insurance. So I've got good insurance too. And I have teacher's insurance now too. So I'm real set. Um, <laughs> but I only had the one. So I'm not sure how it would work if you were double insured or if you weren't through somebody like we were, where they've got such good insurance, but definitely start with your insurance and go from there. That way you make sure you're going to a program that's covered by your insurance as well. Cause not every program is the same. Not every program is going to have the same agreements with surgeons and insurances. So um, another question I got was, um, what is maintenance like, or how, how do you maintain, how do you switch, switch your mindset from loss, loss, loss to maintenance to this is forever. Um, and I thought that this was important because many of you follow, um, the real slim Sammy, right. That her handle, yeah. I got it. Yeah. The real slim Sammy. And she posted a couple of days ago about how she didn't reach her lowest weight until she was three years out because that was when she fully like accepted that this was a lifestyle change. This was forever. And so there's, there's a lot of pressure to like hit your um, lowest weight as quickly as you can. It's like, a, it's like, it's a, a race, right? So then when we get to maintenance, we're super freaked out because nobody's taught us how to maintain. We aren't taught in bariatrics how to maintain. We're not taught in weight loss, really how to maintain. We're taught how to lose weight and how to continue to lose weight. And then when you get to a point where you don't want to lose anymore and you want to kind of stay where you're at, we all just kind of panic. We don't know what to do. And so for me, I thought this question was important because this has been a really tricky part. And I think this is where you do see a lot of people gain a lot of weight and continue to gain weight because they don't know how to 
grasp on to maintenance. And so for me, it's been about really working on that relationship with food and nutrition and my body and activity. It's also been looking for guidance, hiring coaches, um, investing in that portion of my health, because I wouldn't know how to do these things without guidance. And then um, also just completely changing my mindset around it. Like this isn't a race, this is forever, which kind of ties back into our motivation Monday that like, it, it, once you reach certain things, they become a milestone and not the finish line. And I think if you think of maintenance as a finish line, you're setting yourself up for failure. I totally agree. Um, I think for myself, definitely maintenance is way harder than losing the weight was. Um, I definitely had a, um, kind of like, I felt like my weight did kind of fall off. Now I was working hard. Like I was one of the people who stuck strictly, strictly, strictly to my surgeon's plan and incorporated exercise early. So the weight came off relatively quickly, but the main, you know, so actually this kind of leads into, I just posted a reel that was like about people thinking that bariatric surgery is the easy way out. It's definitely a tool that helps you lose weight. I can't deny that, um, that I lost weight quickly. Um, I put in effort, but definitely my sleeve helped the first six months to a year. Um, but maintenance is what they don't talk about. Like, I feel like a lot of things can help you lose weight quickly. Um, lots of diets help you lose weight quickly. Um, being in calorie deficit helps you lose weight, but it's about how you maintain that's really determines if that tool or that you know, whatever you did was successful. Um, and so when people say surgery is the easy way out, well, it's an easy, easier way to lose weight, but is it really a success or help, you know, if you don't maintain it and the maintenance part is all you, um, Mm -hmm. the sleeve or the bypass doesn't help as much in maintenance, you know, it helps a little bit, but it's not the end all be all like it is maybe with losing the weight. So losing the weight, I feel like you get some help, but keeping the weight off, that's you, that's you making good choices consciously day in and day out, figuring out how this is going to be your forever life. Um, exactly. And so for myself, I know that I've had a way harder time maintaining, um, just because it is so hard. Like you have to find that balance of, you know, eating enough to where you're not losing, but not eating so much and going crazy that you're gaining weight back. And like you said, it's been definitely, I had kind of put off getting a coach just because I was like, I think I'm good. And I had, I had maintained for a year, I, I guess I'm at a year and a half now. Um, and I had done okay, but I wasn't seeing necessarily those long-term type of goals that I wanted because I, for me, I do need to keep myself motivated. So I had goals, but I wasn't really obtain- like they, I, they weren't being met. Um, and I was kind of just stagnant. Um, so that's when I decided to, you know, get on with Sarah and I've already seen like big changes and working towards those new goals. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that in maintenance, you have to switch your mindset a little bit and, you know, come up with new things to keep you motivated and, uh, ways to better yourself and continue your relationship with food and healing those things. Um, because yeah, maintenance for me is way harder than losing the weight was. Yeah, I totally agree. And like to kind of touch on what Danielle said about that, like people thinking that this is the easy way out because somebody had commented on that video when it was like, 
well, I had surgery and I think it was the easy way out. Well, that's great that you had that experience. However, there are people out there who almost die from this surgery. I was one of them. Like I had to have emergency surgery 12 days out after having no fluids and no nutrition in my body for days and days and days and days and days. I was, my body was shutting down. It was so severely dehydrated and so sick. So like if I could have done this without surgery, I would have, I tried, I tried for years and years and years and years and years. So to have this idea that this is the easy way out and that people are just making this decision nilly willy is not only, um, a stupid opinion to have it's wrong. <laughs> like, sorry, but it's just wrong. It's wrong. It's not, especially people who go through a process. Don't just go to Mexico, which is, if that's the option you take, that's great. That's your choice. But like my program was very in depth. Like there were nutrition classes, lifestyle classes we had to go to. There were, we had to go to three in-person support group classes, which no longer exists. And I miss them like crazy because I think that that part is so important, especially where you live. Um, online definitely helps with that. But maintenance, I think has definitely, it's been a lot harder than I was anticipating. And the thing about maintenance is it's forever. Like once mm-hmm. you lose the weight, you're done losing weight. You've done that part. Maintaining the weight is forever. And if you're somebody who has had obesity in the past, or you come from a family of obesity, it makes it even harder because there are habits that you've had to work so hard to break. And there's like intergenerational stuff in families with obesity that like you have to fight and break. And like, I don't know about you, Danielle, but I go to a family event or a family get together and there's food everywhere. everywhere. Oh yeah. And I have to stop myself every time to not go into my old habits and eat you know, some of everything. Cause I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or I don't want to do this or this or this. So I think that part of maintenance is really tricky too. Um, and that was something we definitely wanted to touch on. Um, there was another one and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, what does it feel? So somebody asked me, um, when I posted just the other day about, um, getting over full eating too much. Oh um, yes, 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 yes. And so it was somebody who hasn't had surgery yet. And they're like, well, what does it feel like? Is it like different than before? Um, yes. And yes, it is. So if you haven't had surgery yet um, and you're wondering like, or if you have, and you're wondering like what our feelings are for being full, I'll go ahead and give mine and then Kennedy can kind of give hers. Um, if I have eaten too much, um, the food feels like the only way I can describe it. And I don't know if the, this might be interesting to kind of ask a surgeon, like, if it's too full, like, is it literally sitting in my chest or does it just feel that way? Um, because literally the, it feels like you have food that is like, you know, backed up all the way through your chest. Like depending on how much you overeat, sometimes it feels like it's like in your throat. Um, like I said, my tummy, my pouch is smaller now. So like that actually, let's write that down as a question to ask a surgeon. Like, is the food literally like backing up in me because my stomach is so small? you know, but so that's how it feels. Um, Mm -hmm. for that's, if I've eaten, like, that's like, I've, I'm stuffed. Um, but normally like if I'm just listening to my body for like fullness cues, um, one, um, I, if I, it's like, I've eaten a little too much, uh, I feel, start feeling hot, kind of like a hot flash, um, hiccups. Um, that is signs that I've like eaten too much, but I'm not to that point of like, it's in my throat yet. Um, and sometimes those don't come if I'm eating too quickly, I might miss those. And then it's in my chest. Um, but my like initial fullness cues, um, sometimes my nose gets a little runny. Um, 
And if I'm like eating slow enough, sometimes I can just start to feel uh, like in my body now, um, I'm getting better now that I'm further out at just reading general, like I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need it. Like, I'm okay. Just sit a minute and like, I'm okay, you know? Um, and so that's been, you know, but for me mainly, um, it's like the runny nose is like, I'm, it's a sign I'm getting full. Um, but also just like the feeling of contentment, but I have to make sure I'm eating slow enough or I'm not getting that. And it is still easy. Like, I think people think that you can't overeat, which is not the case. You definitely can overeat. You just end up feeling like shit. (laughs) Like, yep. Um, but so that's, you know, it's definitely still possible. It just, it's not a good feeling. Yeah. My feelings are very similar to Danielle's. Um, I'll get that feeling when I've truly overeaten of it, like being stuck. Um, I am still a dry heaver and sometimes a puker, unfortunately. Um, and it's when I get full like that, it's not like I'm full on like puking. It's just like retching. Like I just, I will dry heave. Um, I will oh, get, I avoid it. I avoid it at all costs. Uh, I wish I could, like, but I cannot. It's so bad. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> I hate yeah, I it. it. I hate it. Uh, people were telling me on my thing, they're like, just go throw up. You'll feel so much better. And I'm like, yes, I would. But it's like so gross and disgusting. And like, I can't, I hate it. It hurts. I hate throwing up, and throwing up hurts now. Like for me, it hurts. Like it does not feel good to throw up. Like having a stomach flu last week was a little bit different because I like couldn't help it. But like you, when you have to like force yourself a little bit, A, that's just not great for your body, but B, like it, it hurts. So I am though, a lot of times it's just dry heating for me. Um, and then I'll get the hot flashes too. I'll get really hot. And then sometimes I'll sweat really bad and my heart rate will bounce up and I'll get like a notification from my watch. So I'll be like, your heart rate hit 110 beats per minute. Well, you seem to be inactive. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm full. <laughs> so because I'm full. Um, yeah. And I'll get those hot flashes too, if I eat too fast. So for me, it's about like really slowing down and listening to my body. I still have a hard time with the cues. Uh, I still don't really feel hunger, which means I don't really feel fullness. But I will, um, I'll sometimes get this like knot or like rock feeling in my gut. That's just like, oh, you're full. Um, but I also get the hiccups uh, like Danielle. That's like, that's like, I'll get the thought in my head that like, maybe I shouldn't have one more. And then I'll like go back a few minutes later and be like, oh, I can have one more bite. And I'll have the one more bite and I always hiccup. And that's when I know for sure that I'm done. My body's like, nope, you are done. And I, I stop. The first hiccup, I'm done. I'm done eating. It doesn't matter for me how early it happens because my restriction changes day to day, just like almost everybody's in this community. Yep. So it does not matter how much I've eaten. If I know I can, I know usually can eat more, I stop because if I'm getting a hiccup, I am going to get sick if I keep eating. Um, I don't really get too bad of a runny nose, at least that, that I've noticed, but I get the hiccups and they won't go away until I'm not stuffed anymore. It's very obnoxious, but oh, it I is a good sign. It is a good sign for me though. It's a good physical sign to have, but I know a lot of people get that runny nose and I always wish that I got the runny nose because I always heard people talk about, Oh, I get a runny nose when I'm full. That's how I know I'm full because I just still don't have those sensations of hunger and fullness. I have been so ravenously hungry. It like, I know my metabolism is like working because I'm eating more uh-huh. and like training harder and whatever, you know, I have been like, so freaking hungry. And I haven't felt like this since like before surgery. And it's weird wow. to now like be like, ha, ah, like I'm so hungry. hungry I can't, again. you know, like that feeling of hunger. I kind of forgot what it felt like, honestly, because before like, yeah, I had like 
some hunger cues, like, you know, I'd feel hungry, but not like this. Now I'm like literally ravenously hungry. Um, but it's got like for the past like week or two, um, but it's kind of settling down now. Like yesterday, yesterday I didn't eat quite as much. Um, like, well, I didn't eat like for like a few hours. Um, and I ended up like eating pretty late just because I wasn't hungry. So I'm like, okay, this is a good sign. Like I still got my meals in, but like, I wasn't feeling that hungry Ravenous. feeling because yeah. it's actually like not great. I'm like, I forget that no. like, this is how it felt before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that I'm would, like, I kind of like not feeling hungry. And I have experienced some of that too with eating more. And like, I think that is one of the other things to touch on with a coach. Like it is nice to have somebody in your corner, like encouraging you to eat more because for me, especially like I was so limited for so long that I am probably about six months behind the normal healing process for surgery. So even though I'm almost three years out, I'm probably functioning at closer to like somebody who's a little over two years out just because of my early complications. And like, that is something I've experienced since working with Sarah is hunger again. Like it's a different, little bit different of a feeling. It's not like that gnawing hunger, but like I will feel hunger now. And I do think it's just my metabolism is working. My metabolism, my, my metabolism is working enough to tell my body like, okay, it's time to eat now. Um, but I think not having, sorry guys, you might hear my cat. He's talkative. I think not having those feelings for a while kind of allowed my body to reset that relationship with hunger. Because before when I would feel ravenously hungry like that, I would often binge and I would eat anything and everything in sight. And so not feeling the need to do that and just being like, oh, okay, I just need to eat my meal and then drink some water in a little bit and I should be fine. You know, being able to have that distinction, I think has been a huge, uh, to bring it back, another big non-scale victory for me because I no longer have that distorted relationship with hunger and the need to fill myself as much as I can when I feel, feel it, you know? I definitely, I will admit that a couple of weeks ago, I did not have the greatest week. Um, because I was so hungry and I kind of reverted back to that, but it was so helpful to have a coach to be like, Hey, I did this like, you know, and like to know that, okay, like, let's get back on track. Let's like figure it out, you know? And just to like, know that it is like, you know, like not normal, but it's like something that, you know, can be dealt with and just that you know, how to, to deal with it. So I don't get back into those habits. Um, that is one thing that like, I think people think this is like an end all be all. It's going to help your relationship with food. It will help, but it's not like you need to work on your relationship with food and like, with like any like eating type, like disordered eating, binge eating, like that's all you, the surgery doesn't help that. Like it doesn't cure it. Um, like I can still binge like, Mm -hmm. and I have like, you know, and so I'm not perfect. And like, it is like, it's still possible to revert back to those old habits. Like you have to be on top of healing that type of stuff and healing your relationship with food. And like, it's just, I, I was really surprised because I guess I kind of did have those blinders on like, Oh, It'll make it so like those things don't bother me anymore. And it's still like, I have to work on my relationship with food constantly. Like it's not just like a magic cure. 
Right. And it is easier in the beginning to deal with those because you can't really physically binge in the beginning like that. I mean, you can think about it and in your mind you can binge based on like what a bariatric patient should be eating. But like we eat fairly normal now. I mean, my portions are still quite a bit smaller, but like most of the foods that I, the foods that I've binged on since surgery, it's been one time and it was tag along cookies. Those are easy to digest. They're quick, they're carbs and sugar. So you could eat a row of them and go back an hour later and eat another row of them. And you can eat an entire box and it's over a thousand calories for the whole day, but then you're full of that. You can't eat anything of actual nutritional value. So I think like to kind of round it all up, like for maintenance and overall life time, like changing that relationship with food and your mindset around food and how you rely on food, I think is probably one of the most essential things you can do if you're somebody who has struggled with food in the past. And most of us who are in this situation, even if you have health issues like me, and I don't think I would have put on the weight, the amount of weight I did without having my stomach condition, I still had a relationship with food that was unhealthy. Even when I was fit and healthy in high school, I had a a relationship with food that was unhealthy. And so having- same. Yes. Having the ability to fix that relationship, I think has set me up for being successful in maintenance. And I think it's part of the reason so many people revert back to their old ways, or we always hear, well, my aunt's aunt had this surgery and she gained all of her weight back. Well, great for your aunt's aunt. I hate that. Your aunt's I, aunt. I know. Stop I hate that. that. They always say that. They always say like, oh, so-and-so did it and they gained all their weight back and some like my well, cousin's aunt's neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's always like my cousin's aunt's neighbor's sister. Like it's not ever somebody they know directly, but like, I do think that the, that changing your mindset therapy, whatever you need to do to fix your relationship with food is so important because if you don't have a healthy relationship with food, you're not going to be successful in any type of weight loss because you're going to run back to food constantly to rely on it. And so I think that for me, my biggest advice for maintenance is to fix your mind and your relationship with food. Because if you don't, you can't, you can't maintain, you just can't. I completely agree. Yeah. So guys with that, we'll post that Monday motivation under that. Um, we'd love it if you guys would share with us some of your non-scale victories or some of um, the ways that you maintain. We'll put those in there for Monday. Um, but with that, you guys, thanks so much for hopping on and joining us for another episode of the Fabulously Fit podcast. Again, you can follow our pod- podcast page at the Fabulously <laughs> Fit podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm Kennedy. I am at Bypass and Bougie on Instagram. And I am Danielle. Mine's always hard to get my mouth around. It's at VSGD, which is D-E-E 2020. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. We can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Bye. See ya.